If you got your Bible this morning, open up to First John chapter four. If you've been here, kids, I'm gonna just give you a quick little uh, recap. Some of you were not here last Sunday, so I'm gonna give you about a 60 second recap because this is kind of part two to last Sunday. Of course, uh, boys and girls, I've been talking to your parents about success, and everybody likes success. Everybody wants to be successful, and God actually gives us some plans or some keys to success. And He says, if you'll do this, then you'll have success in this area of your life. If you'll do this, you'll have success in this area. If you'll do this with your spouse, then it'll help your marriage. If you'll do this with your kids, it'll help here. And God gives us areas of success, and He gives us avenues of success, just different keys to open up success in our life. And last week we started or we looked at success through generosity or success through giving. Success through being generous. How many of y'all know what it means to be generous? And uh, Proverbs chapter 11, I'll give you this scripture again. It says that there is one that scattereth and yet he increases. Or the Bible says there is one who gives away and yet grows richer. It goes on. It says that the generous soul shall be made what? Does anybody remember? Fat. Man, I like that one. The generous soul shall be made fat. So there is, and it goes against your, your natural thinking. Your natural thinking is, well, I need to hold on. But Proverbs says, no, that there is one that gives or scatters, and that's how he increases. So one way that we have success or that we succeed is not holding on to, but actually being generous. And I challenged you last week to, to be generous uh, with God, with your time, with your talent, and with your treasure. How many of y'all remember that? I said, you need to give God some time. So I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to study. I don't have time to help. I don't have time to serve. I don't have time. How many of y'all run out of time? Every day you're just like, I'm out of time. But I challenged you to give God time. T-I-M-E. And whatever you give God, he multiplies. Whatever you give him. So if you give him time that you think you don't have, he's the only one in the galaxy of galaxies that's qualified to actually multiply your time. He can actually make the sun stand still. He can, he can make the earth go in reverse. I mean, we talked about Jacob. God, he says, I can redeem the time, the time that you wasted while you were out doing all kinds of stuff. He says, I'm capable of redeeming that time. He's the only one that can do that. So I challenge you. I said, listen, give God some time and he'll multiply. And then I said, give him some talent. Give God effort. Your talent. Give him your work. The Bible says give yourself wholly to the work of the Lord. And if you'll give him effort, if you'll give him talent, he has a way of just making you productive. He has a way of just making things work. But you have to be willing to give him that talent. And the last one was give him your treasure. Give him, the Bible says, give him where, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So I challenge you to open up your treasure because whenever you open yourself up, he says, I'll open the windows of heaven. Windows of heaven, he says, I'll open them up. He says, I'll pour out a blessing on you. You don't have room enough to receive. So I challenge you three areas. All right, kids, say time, talent, treasure. Don't you love that, that sound of kid voices? Everybody say time, talent. 
treasure. That was part one, I guess you would say, is what I was challenging you to give to God. I challenged you. I said, whatever you give him, he'll multiply. If you give him treasure, he'll multiply. If you give him time, he'll multiply. If you give him your talent, he'll multiply. This morning, I want to I talk to you about the wine we give. Last week was the what we give. But this week, I wanna, this morning, I want to talk to you about why we do it. Why is it necessary? Why, why, uh, why be willing to do this? And the first verse I want to show you, First John chapter 4, verse 19, says that we love him because he first, what? He first loved us. The reason we do what we do is because he first did it for us. And we have a hard time wanting to give up or live generously in some areas. But if we'll consider him, How many of y'all know that before you loved him, he loved you? Before he asked you to die for him, he already what? He already died for you. Everything he requires of you, he says, I'm willing to do it for you. And in fact, I've already done it for you. So I want to talk this morning about why we give. Why do we do that? And very clear, this verse says here, he says, we give because he first what? He gave. He gave first. First thing he gave, he gave his time. How many of y'all know Jesus was doing quite well in heaven? How many of y'all know he was rocking it up there pretty good? Whole bunch of angels flying around, doing all kinds of stuff. How many of y'all read in Revelations all about the, the, the gold streets and the pearly gates and the walls of the city made out of jewels? And, and Jesus lives in a space of eternity. There is no time. How many of y'all know there's no clocks up there? The Bible says that there's no sun up there. That the light of God is the light of heaven. That in him there's no darkness and there's no shadow of turning. That just means there's no shadows in heaven. Because the light of God is an all-consuming light. Everywhere you go in heaven. It's eternal. It's him. He's up there and yet Jesus left all of that. He left eternity to come down here into our world of what? T-I-M-E. I've got a book I'm going to give you guys this morning. And uh, I've, been, I've been reading it. It's a little book called The Message of Christmas. And uh, th- there's one part in here at the beginning in Isaiah chapter 9. They'll put it up on the screen. Isaiah chapter 9 talking about Jesus coming down here. I'm glad he showed up. Come on, I'm glad he came. This week we celebrate him coming, and I'm glad that he came. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 4 and 5 says, For a child has been born. For who? For us. The gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His name will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father. I like this one the best. The Prince of wholeness. I mean, I like that. The prince of wholeness. That's who Jesus is. His ruling authority will grow and there will be no limit to the wholesomeness he brings. Come on, how many are glad that he left eternity to come down here and give us him? Come on, I'm glad he came. I'm glad that he showed up. And for us, so what's that mean for us? We give him time because what? Because he gives us his time. How many of y'all know he's still working? How many of y'all know that he's still working on you? Some of you overtime. Some of you double time. Time and a half. Right. I mean, I think he's got red eyes. He's just like, 
together. No, he's still, he's still giving his time. The Bible says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. What's that mean? That means Jesus is not just, just hanging out in heaven, but actually he ever lives and he makes intercession. What's that mean? Intercession just means that Jesus is praying for you. Isn't that a phenomenal statement? After everything that he did for us, the Bible says that he ever lives. The, the, what he's doing right now is he's making intercession for you. He's praying for Nova. He's praying for Jackson. He's praying for, for all of you. He He's bringing you before God and he's telling the Holy Spirit, he says, you need to go strengthen them so that they won't fall. Strengthen them. And he ever lives for that. He's still working on your behalf. So we give him our time because he first gave us his. He gave us his time. We give him our work, our talent, our servant, because he gave us his He's still working for us. I mean, I know everywhere Jesus went, he was always working. He, was, he, he would work himself really to exhaustion. He would get exhausted and the, the, the disciples would have to figure his trips and move things around so that he could get away. He would get away, go into the wilderness, go up to the mountain. He would get away just so that God could strengthen him because the Bible says that people thronged him. That they would follow him for days to the point to where he would say, these people have been following me for three days and they haven't eaten anything. We need to multiply some loaves and some fishes because they, they won't leave me. He just worked the whole time he was here. And Mark chapter 10, uh, you can put it up there. Uh, it says that he says, I didn't come to be served. The son of man didn't come to be served. He said, I came to what? Uh, he says, I come to serve. So the reason why we serve is because he first served us. The reason why we give our talent is because he's still giving his. How I many of y'all know whenever Jesus, he took off his robe? And the Bible says he put on an apron. What's he do with that apron? He takes a wash pan and he takes towels and he starts to wash his disciples' feet. He's scrubbing their feet. So for us to say, man, the, the reason why we give him our work, our, our effort, our talent is because he's the one that first served humanity. He took off. Can you imagine taking off the garment of eternity? The son of God. And I'm going to the Bible says he made himself of no reputation and he clothed himself in humanity and was born of a virgin in Bethlehem with a bunch of animals and hay. No, no trumpets. No, 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 no. All of humanity, except for a few shepherds and a few wise men, all of humanity, it went largely unnoticed. If it wouldn't have been for the angels heralding it, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. If it wouldn't have been for them, it would have gone totally unnoticed. And yet he, he did all that while so that he could serve. So whenever Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Why is he saying that? Because he, he's there with you. He's willing to carry it for you. So we give Jesus our talent. Why? Well, our work? Because, because he does it for us. We give him our treasure. Well, our resources, why? Because he does it for us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, for your sake he became what? Po. You know what it means to be po. Just poor. It says Jesus was totally rich. I mean, I don't think he was doing quite well. It's pretty good. Probably had the, the latest Michael Jordans. 
Didn't have to kill nobody for him. Probably had, probably had every pair in his closet. Doing quite well, Jesus quite well, and yet he made himself of no reputation, and he made himself poor. Why? He says, so that for your sake, you could be rich. So we give our time, we give our talent, we give our treasure. Why? Because he first gave it to us. John chapter 3, verse 16. How many of know this verse? Kids, how many of you know John 3, 16? You know it? You want to get up here and say it? You want to get up here and say it? Come on. You're going to do a rise. I do like a bull, like a lion. Ow. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, uh, come back, lion. I just told everybody you're bold as a lion. You want to do it? Come on, we'll say it all together with you. One, two, three. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, have everlasting life. John three sixteen. Very good. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave. For God so loved. What's the motivation? The motivation is love. So the reason why he gave and the reason why we give is the motivation is love. Who's the recipient? Who's, who's, who's the one that, that, that benefits from that? It says there, it says the whole world. Right? God loved the world. How many of y'all know the world's got some characters in it? How many of y'all one of those characters? <laughs> Come on, and he did it for the whole world. You think about everything that the world encompasses, all the people, and even all of creation, for God so loved every person that's ever been on this planet and that would ever be on this planet. He was willing to give what? What's the sacrifice? His very best. Come on, love's the motivation. The people that, that, that benefit from it is everybody. The whole world benefits from it. And he gave his, his best. I mean, God, he didn't give us a, a half Jesus. Or just give us an angel or give us something else, a unicorn. Something else he could have pulled out of heaven, right? Some other creature he could have given us. No, he didn't give us. He says, I'll give you my very best. And I'll give it to a world who, for the most part, it went unnoticed. And many, many, many out of the world will never receive it. And yet Jesus, he came for God so loved the world that he gave his very best, his only begotten son, that whoever was the one requirement, the only thing we have to do is believe. That's it. He says the requirement is believe. That's it. You don't have to kneel on rice. You don't have to you don't have to do all of these things. Go put your nose in the corner when you do bad things. No, he says the only thing you have to do is be a believer. This is and and, and remarkably enough, how I many of y'all we have a hard time with this? Sometimes we have a hard time believing that God would give up everything for us. It's hard for us to say, ah, I'm not good enough. I, I'm not worth it. I'm not I don't qualify. No, you absolutely qualify. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, what's the, what's the reward? You won't perish. You have life. And it's called eternal life. And that just means that it lasts for eternity. I, I want to give you this definition of, of love here. And I just got one or two more scriptures and I'll let you go. I told you I'd be quick. 
For God so loved, they're going to put up the, the definition of this word, loved. And man, it blessed me. I hope it, I hope it blesses you. Because I, I want you this week to remember these two words, He gave. But the motivation or why He gave this to you and I was because of this word. And it's actually written in, uh, would be written in Greek. Of course, it's, we, we have it in English. But the Greek word is agape, uh, agape. Peo, which means unconditional love. God unconditionally loves you. It's a love by choice. And it's a love by an act of will. In other words, you don't have to earn it. He just wills himself to love you beyond all of your stuff. You know, got any stuff. He says, I'm going to will myself to love you. The word denotes unconquerable benevolence. Goodness gracious. And undefeatable goodwill. Agapeo will never seek anything but the highest good for fellow man. Agapeo the verb and agape the noun are the words for God's unconditional love. It does not need chemistry. I'm not glad it don't need chemistry. Me and God, we just jail. We just have great chemistry. No. Because how many of y'all know chemistry can change? I mean, you usually don't wind up with, you know, uh, I'm not even going to go there. My wife says, don't go there. Don't bring anybody else up that you may or may not have chemistry with. Because I can tell you, you did not have chemistry with them. God's love doesn't need chemistry. It doesn't need an affinity or a feeling. Why? He just wills himself to love you. It says, uh, it is a word that exclusively belongs to the Christian community. In other words, Allah ain't got it. Buddha ain't got it, right? Only, he's the only one that gave his life for us. He's the only one that left eternity and was willing to leave everything, his time, his talent, his treasure, invest everything in you. And so we have that word for the Christian community alone. Agape is for us. The last one says, it says, it's virtually unknown to writers outside of the New Testament. This is the love that God has for you and I. And this is what he, he wants us to have for him. Unconditional, no matter what. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. This is our response. Or this is the next thing. Uh, uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? If he did not spare his own son, but what? Gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things if God is for us who can be against us if he gave us Jesus how will he not also give us all things in other words if he gave us his best how many acknowledge that this this you know the 25th will celebrate what he gave and we acknowledge that it was his very best he didn't give us a half Jesus or something else. He gave us his only begotten, his very best. And, and this verse here, it says, listen, if he gave us this, you can expect him. You can, you can look to him to give you everything else that you need. I love this translation here. It says, if, if, if God will put, if God put Jesus in the game, grab that double. 
If God put Jesus in the game, how will he also not give us everything we need to win? In other words, whatever you need to win in life, he's already given you this. He already gave you his very best. So you, so we can expect him to say, God, I believe I'm going to flourish in 2015. Last year, not so much. 2014, I, I acknowledge, understand at Christmas that sometimes this is not a happy time for everybody. This is not the best time of the year for some people. Some people, this is the worst time of the year. But wherever you're at, come on, at least if you've received Jesus, you can take your expectation and turn it and say, you know what? If he gave me him, I believe he'll turn things around. I believe next year that it'll be better than it was last year. I believe that he's able, if he gave me him, he says right there that he'll take care of this other stuff. And in 2014, things didn't go as well, but I'm just going to go ahead and make the decision. I'm going to go ahead and just turn my expectations and say, I believe he can and he will. He'll turn it around. The reason why we give is because he gave. Uh, my, my kids are expecting Thursday good gifts. I mean, all your kids made a list. Never seen a list this long for my children. Three pages worth of stuff. Three pages. I came out to get my coffee. I was like, what is this? What is all this written down here? And Liz was like, oh, that's your kid's Christmas list. I said, oh, no, it's not. It's to them. It's the Christmas list. Three pages of gifts, things that they want, things that they want to receive. Nothing wrong with that. How many kids? Cameron, what you want for Christmas? Do you know yet? What do you want? A Zoomer Zino, I see that you've notified your mother. So she already knows. She, she knows what she wants, even what she wants for Christmas. What is that? It's a robot? I remember, listen, I'd rock the robot. I remember the robot whenever I was a kid. I mean, I've seen the new lightsaber that just came out. Is that what you want? Oh. I was going to buy my, my nephew. You, you know what I'm talking about? The new lightsaber? They've been advertising on TV. I called my sister yesterday because we drew one of her, one of my nephew's names. And I said, what does Jace want? She says, oh, he wants this new lightsaber that they've got on TV. I said, oh, okay, that's cool. That's good. I can, I can, I can rock that. $121 for this lightsaber. I had to retext her. <laughs> I had to, had to hit her back up. I said, what else does he want? But I watched the video. Man, I wanted one of those lightsabers. I was thinking, God, I'm getting me one. Dual lightsaber, and it's got these discs that you take off, and you can throw like boomerang them. Oh, yes. Oh, man. That would have been right up my alley because I always had throwing stars and blow guns and all the dangerous toys that I'm telling you don't go by your children. Uh, man, I, I, I like that stuff. I, I, like, I like to give the gifts. I like to receive the gifts. It's easy. The reason why we give, the reason why we have the opportunity to give, the reason why we want to give, the reason why I'm challenging you, give your time, your talent, your treasure, is because he first, he did it. Last verse I'll give you this morning. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God. The reason why we give 
is because he does. And we have here Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. It says, be imitators of God. Copy him. Follow his example. As well beloved children, imitate their father. Last week I told you what to give. This week the reason why we give is because we imitate him. That's who we're imitating. That's who we're reflecting. We're supposed to be mirrors reflecting Him. He gives us His time, His talent, His treasure. And then we give it back and we just reflect His giving. That's what we do. And, and it makes us attractive. In other words, you should be attractive. Not just on your outward appearance, but, but there should be an attractive you know, whenever I sit in my house at night, and I'll close with this, I sit it, I sit in my, you know, on my sofa. There's all these bugs outside that won't in, and they just beat themselves into that into that window. Zzz, boom! Well, why do they want inside there so bad? They want that light. That's what they're that's what they're attracted to. They're flying in darkness. I'm sitting in the light. So here they come, and they just won't. To that light, why wow, that light's attractive? What make so, so God wants us to be attractive to people, right? The Bible says Jesus says you're the light of the world, a city that's set on a hill. Everybody else is in darkness, but He says that you should be attractive. That people just come to you, why? Because you're a giver. Why are you a giver? Because you imitate Him. You give your time, your talent, your treasure. That makes you attractive to people. Because it makes you successful.